into i don't know if you read that like reddit post that i actually i did i well i literally just read it i was like oh like because i just this week i'd been sort of all over the place but i I did just i did just read the post i didn't really get into the comments or anything sure i didn't Um, read too many of the comments but but I did. Oh, the comments did. were significantly negative, though. I think that's like what. Well, that's what, Well, because I don't know if you had checked back in on the post because he has like edit one and then edit two, edit three. Yeah. On like, okay, after seeing you guys comment, this is my take on it. Anyway, so I guess uh, we can talk about this as far as the recording. Um, sure. You you want to lay the scene, Max, because you kind of discovered this. Yeah, I mean, you just read it, so your memory of it might be more fresher than mine. But my understanding is he's basically saying like adults shouldn't consume primarily entertainment meant for children (laughs) and then he's kind of also making the argument that like i would say maybe he doesn't explicitly say this but there's like a different the difference between entertainment and art or like you can place different valuations on things like there's a difference between um you know war and peace and harry potter or something right and that you know, and I, and this is a take that I generally agree with, but I do think there's a weird, and if that Reddit post is any evidence, a weird amount of people who very, very strongly believe all art is equal. And I think this has something to do with like the subjective nature of art or like, you can't tell me that I didn't get as much out of this as you got out of that or whatever. And I guess there is some like, truth to that argument but i still feel like in the um full accounting of things there is differences between (laughs) like yeah i would say there are some pieces of media that are more entertainment and there are some pieces of media that are more art and that isn't to say that artistic things can't be entertaining but like i'm trying to think of like an example i would say even the movie that you just referenced is probably more of a piece of entertainment than a piece of like adult art i guess i don't know what i'm trying to say like there's not probably a lot of like deeper meaning to it no i mean again yeah it was yeah so that's um it's pretty straightforward in that sense just yeah it's an action zombie movie that was actually uh you know i'll I'll steal the word from another critic who talked about it it was very derivative so it wasn't highly original and whatever else but i yeah i i am i think i'm on your side i'm on that reddit poster side about ya stuff and i hadn't realized i guess maybe that this had become as big of an issue as it is where um you do have more adults who are who are primarily reading like ya fiction uh and obviously like you and i come from a generation that grew up more or less with Harry Potter. Like we were like, we were the target market as those books were coming out. Um, so that definitely made sense for us to be reading those things when they were coming out. Again, right. they were marketed towards us. They were, and especially had a young male protagonist. Like we could probably relate to that in some capacity um, with all that, you know, kind of stuff. Um, so it made sense to me there. And then I, I've, I've never... And then I know that I read like the Hunger Games stuff in college, but I remember even at the time thinking like, oh, this is entertaining, but like it is more juvenile. Like it's obviously very like, ah, like there's stuff in here that's frustrating to read as even as a slightly older person. Like I was only in my (laughs) early 20s when I was reading that. I'm like, oh, this is kind of like weird to read. And then I'd reread the first Harry Potter book. Um 
last year. And even with that, like that was sort of like a struggle to reread because of how kind of child directed it was on top of the fact that I'd, I'd seen the first movie a million times. Right. 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 So like, it's not as engaging to read because I know all of the beats of the mystery, which is what keeps you reading that, that book really. Um, And I, I, and I can't say for sure. And I do kind of still plan on rereading some of those for um, the sake of kind of investigating their narrative, like their narrative structure. Because I do think, at least as, as if you're going to talk about YA stuff, I think it is fair enough to say that Harry Potter is kind of at the top of the heap um, when it comes to those things. And I know the Reddit poster also, they mention um, the Chronicles of Narnia things, which I've never read any of them. I know that you've read at least a few of them, if not all of them, at one point when you were young. I, yeah, I read like four of the seven. It gets pretty repetitive. Yeah. So I gave up. So the structure and then, is sort of the same in every yeah, story, and I know that C.S. Lewis is fairly highly regarded just as yeah. a, within the literary canon. Um, well, I, I think yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you can finish your thought. Well, I was gonna say like I I would I, it's hard to say because not enough time has passed, but I think a lot of these YA things will sort of slip into obscurity as time rolls on. I think yeah. Harry Potter will hang on because it's it made such a larger cultural impact. And you can say that's because of the films or not, but those books were like legitimate, like New York Times best. Not that yeah. that actually means anything. I've come to find out, but they were legitimate bestsellers. Like, and right. and they really they they hooked into a generation of people who will take those stories with them, like, yeah, forever. And a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Whereas you get stuff like the Hunger Games or the Percy Jackson series or Divergent or whatever some of these other ones. Like they had their runs, but I don't think, I think that they will slip away to be like, oh yeah, that's when there was like that huge YA run in the early aughts um, or the, whatever the, the 20 teens where a lot of these came, came out. And there, there's always going to have their fans, like anything has its fans, mm. but like there was also like a similar, uh, that I'm sort of discovering now. So I'm not saying they'll go away, but I think there was like a similar run on um, fantasy books um in the 70s and 80s yeah sort of after which is weird because i think the, the original hobbit lord of the ring stuff was all published what was it in, yeah in the, the 20s and 30s i think that's correct or maybe uh or yeah it was 30s. around then maybe 30s and 40s yeah so like well so i don't know exactly what maybe spurred that but like there was a lot of those that have their fans today but most of them have are sort of obscure. Like if I, if I were to ask any person on the street what the Wheel of Time is, most of them probably wouldn't know. But sure. It, but it has its fan base. Like it exists. Um, like I know, like the, like MTV ran like they, they did a show of the Shannara Chronicles, which uh-huh. I which I was a decent little. I mean, for a MTV fantasy show, it was fine. Um, but I remember when I was watching, like, oh, this must be based on some new YA thing. And I come to find out that it was basically, it was a, uh, based off a series of books written in the 80s mm-hmm. that was sort of like a Hobbit rip or whatever. But yeah, um, so people had just kind of dug into the mines there. So it's a guy like these things will exist. They aren't going to go away, but their existence in the public consciousness, I think, will definitely fade. Whereas to the credit of that Reddit poster, like they brought up a few examples of stuff that hasn't. Right. right. Whether it's, I don't know if it was 
um, Tolstoy or Dostoevsky or whatever, like he referenced, you know, a bunch of those, you know, yeah. some of the, like the, the Russian or the Eastern European authors. And then he referenced Milton and obviously um, and we, we can, this is where we can have a conversation, maybe going back in about the Odyssey, but you have the Odyssey and the Iliad and, and all these things that have truly stood the test of time, um, whether people will currently see value in them or not. Right. But um, yeah, with the, the YA stuff, it is, I, I do think it's, just because I haven't seen that. I see it a lot at, at, in schools where I see young adults reading young adult fiction. So I don't think twice sure. about it because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a, I kind of think this like at the high school age is where they should be kind of reaching for a few other things. Yeah, um, sure. And then hopefully they, they they do. But like they're still especially because I, I, you know, I deal with freshmen more than anything. It's like, yeah, they're at that age group where it's like, yeah, it totally makes sense for you to still be reading um, any of those kind of YA books. Yeah, I mean, I think what like, I see, I saw a book, uh, a kid who randomly had, you know, a copy of The Old Man in the Sea, too, as a freshman. I was like, all right, funny. cool. That's you know, cool. He's trying something new. Yeah, I I mean, I this is like just based off my if you have any like run ins with like the YouTube book community, like I was 95 percent yep. of it is YA. Yeah. Um, and it's a bunch of what seem to be adults to me who primarily only read YA novels um and and i don't know if you have further thoughts on that but my do you have comments on the, the youtube thing or well yeah i mean i guess because like i i hadn't thought of that too much because sure. a lot of the people who are on booktube or, or whatever you want to call it um it does seem like the the biggest genre of literature that they kind of dig into is fantasy stuff it yeah. seems to be what a lot of their that circle revolves around and then a lot of it in some capacity also is very YA. I mean, there are a lot of, again, like they're, 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 these are, a lot of them are, you know, pro or they're fans of Lord of the Rings and they're fans of Robert Jordan and they're fans of some like, you know, Brandon Sanderson, which I don't, and I know he's written YA, but I don't think he's an exclusively YA guy. If I'm, am I getting I think that that's right? Cur I think he like, yeah, vacillates between YA fiction and then like, I guess, more adult i don't know what you, regular fiction right not meant primarily for teenagers right so um, i mean but i know that, that like yeah there is like i i guess that is like a category of adults i i i guess maybe it's because i recognize most of them as being younger than i so i still kind of sure. like <laughs> oddly do don't like think of them as adults like but they're like 20s. in their yeah they're in their 20s um some of them i'm sure probably are close to if not our age yeah um but, but uh yeah there and there is like a huge swell of fandom there which again i don't think is bad i, don't, I think that's fine and I, I and to their their credit a lot of them or at least i literally had actually just watched one um this morning because he's a, a creator that I, I tend to kind of like his content is daniel green and i don't know if you ever follow any of his stuff and he does a lot I've of like heard of him yeah fantasy he's a booktuber guy does a lot of yeah, fantasy yeah. reviews and i think he's you know um he's written a, like a fantasy novella anyway um but he when i've seen his stuff like he's got other stuff he'll talk about that's more adult in nature yeah he, he spans like kind of a lot of fantasy so he'll talk about like all ranges of it like he covers stephen king stuff a lot which stephen king is most certainly not ya although you could argue that he's still kind of very much in the uh the popcorn section of literature um but it's you know it's not meant for children sure well and that's what i um 
I think you're, yeah, that popcorn term is probably like the best way I could think of like kind of describing my, uh, I guess, complaints or like thoughts. I mean, I think like if I wish people who read books could just admit when they're reading like a popcorn book. Yeah. Like people who like, because I enjoy popcorn movies sometimes if they're well made or whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend that they're like anything more than they are, if that makes sense. And I do feel like there's this weird, like not only do I want to read my kind of shallow action heavy, like fantasy or sci-fi or YA, but I also want to pretend that it's on the same level as like a Hemingway or, you know, a Steinbeck or whatever. It's like this weird, like I, the per me, the person making that claim is like a gatekeeper who's trying to like draw lines between art or whatever. Yeah. They're like some freedom fighter fighting for all of art. Yeah. Well, and, that's... And, I, and it's like, I don't, it's like on one hand, like I'm not telling you can't enjoy it. I like like crappy books that aren't <laughs> like I've read like detective novels that I wouldn't call super deep. Right. But they're fun. Right. Like they're fun to read. They have like cool characters and there are like artistic elements like that, that I think you could shine a light on like an interesting character or like they're good at setting up a scene, but it doesn't mean like the plot is deep or like they're covering deep themes. It's just like right. a guy trying to stop like people running alcohol right. in the 20s or whatever. Yeah. And I think that like is, um, you know, especially maybe coming from you and I, where we did an entire episode on professional wrestling. <laughs> sure. It falls on lost ears. But we were, I think we were pretty self-aware of being like, yeah, we know this isn't high art. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. And we were exploring that theme. But going back to the what you had said there, I, I think that, um, and I think that term gatekeeper is an interesting one too. Because like the, the fact that, or the, yeah, the fact that some people view things in that way is absurd. Because again, like you're, like you just said, and I think even the Reddit poster said, and I think you ask pretty much anyone, who has even an opinion on this deal, they'll be like, well, read whatever the hell you want. Right. Um, but, you know, don't try to pretend, and I, you know, again, and there's value in the art, but don't try to pretend that the work of, um, you know, whatever, Jim Lee, who's for, for those of you who are un, unaware, is a famous comic book artist, at least throughout the 1990s, don't pretend that he's Michelangelo. Right. right. Like, uh, you know, the artist, it's like, yes, like both art has value and they, and they both are, it is art and they're both good in their own way. But like what Jim Lee has done is not the statue of David. It's not the Sistine Chapel. Like, like there are degrees, right? Yeah. There's degrees in what is produced. Yeah. Uh, and then at the same time, um, there are things that walk the line there, right? Where you can see the value sure. of the art differently. So like, a, a comic book artist who is actually very skilled and you he he just chose comic books as his avenue is alex ross and he is a very talented painter who paints like these very like very well done photorealistic um scenes and they are beautiful art that i think you could hold up to some of the greatest artists throughout time but he probably gets dinged a little bit because it's the, the subject sure. matters comic book stuff, which that's where I don't think it's fair. And then maybe that's where you get some of these YA people pushing back. And maybe this is where you get the fans of Harry Potter or something else that, that does have more to it, where it's like, well, no, like, but Harry Potter has all this stuff going for it. It really does have something to say. It's not just children's literature, uh, which yeah. I would tend to agree with, but um but that's just because there, like something has happened. It does not mean that's the norm, and it doesn't mean that that's what every piece of YA will be. Again, because I, I said, like I read 
the Hunger Games stuff, and it's not the it's not near as good as what J.K. Rowling did. Well, um, and I think like to like um, painting and drawing and stuff, it's even harder to make this distinction because, like you said, there's sort of for me that's mostly about like the level of skill or detail or or I guess like subjective beauty involved. But when it right. comes to like writing, there's more. Because even I would I would argue that like well Harry Potter does have themes, they are still fairly childish. Not bad, but very like obvious sort of. I don't know. I guess coming to terms with death, um, making friends, <laughs> like getting over loss or grief, sort of stuff. But it's not handled in a very I would say adult way. I mean, and the characters handling it are young children to teenagers so i'm not expecting it but again i wouldn't say it's the same as you know uh, a novel written primarily targeted at adults if that makes sense yeah i mean i do know what you're saying i i mean i guess like i'm kind of playing an intermediary here where you you still because within the medium of just because some I, I guess i just want to make the argument or the case that just because something is ya doesn't mean it can't say something more Although oh, well, sure. I, I would just say base, I mean, to be fair, like I haven't been exposed to a lot of it. Most of it's actually through their adaptations versus the actual books. Um, but they don't seem like the other stuff I've been exposed to seems pretty shallow. Right. Um, whereas like I can, you know, it was a Stephen King quote, I think about Harry Potter where, you know, and you touch on some things like, yeah, like Harry Potter is, you know, a book series about, you know, it's about growing up and overcoming adversity and courage in the face of great obstacles, so on and so forth. Right. Kind of like the more, it's very broad spectrum sure. kind of, and it is hero's journey-esque stuff or whatever else. And, and then he was just making the comparison to the Twilight books. He's like, and those are just about how important it is to have a boyfriend right like yeah. that's the theme that it's exploring and from his mind and again like i haven't read any of those twilight books so i can't say if that's an astute thing based on the two movies i've seen he's not far sure. off um and then i would say like oddly enough like yes there are there is greater social commentary or whatever in like the hunger games book but that's also kind of like oh like it's a girl who can't choose between like as far as like the characters arc it's yeah. like who can't figure out what boy she's supposed to like Yes. um and yes there are greater societal things it's kind of like because yeah, it's dystopian setting and all that kind of stuff so they have other stuff that it's sort of trying to say but it's also kind of obvious like oh wouldn't it be bad if like yeah there was a complete totalitarianism that like you know uh just oppressed large groups of people wouldn't that be horrible sure. yeah it would be bad yeah that'd be pretty bad um yeah i mean i don't this i mean even to like continue the comic book comparison like i would say i mean it's cliche i guess or like obvious but like watchmen is a genuinely good piece of literature even though it's a comic book but it covers like very weighty themes about yeah like utilitarianism versus like uh, like a, a moral system more driven by i guess i guess it's like deontology or whatever but but like that's kind of the 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 weird like is it better to do this bad thing to save a bunch of people or should you you know avoid the bad thing in order to, because it's just bad in and of itself. But then there's like all this free will stuff with like Dr. Manhattan. And it just does a lot, I think, mm -hmm. that that I've read other comic books where it's more like fight the bad guy, yeah. beat him up. <laughs> like, and it's fine. Like, that's fine. Like, it's okay yeah. to want to watch a <clears throat> watch a movie, read a book, read a comic book where like the theme is cool fight scenes, 
fun action. That's cool. But I'm not going to pretend that it's like more than it is. And I think even with fantasy, again, it can reach those levels. I'm not saying it's impossible. I haven't really personally read fantasy books that I've been super impressed by on that level. I feel like fantasy is mostly like cool magic, fun settings, interesting. Like it's like, oh, goblins and and gooblicks and whatever. It's just stuff that I'm not interested in. And if like your brain is more wired for that, I think there are people who really like like world building. Yes. And I don't. And I guess there is an art to it, like doing it well versus doing it poorly, I guess could be like its own art. But in terms of, I guess, deeper themes, I don't think world building has anything to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> like exploring like the human condition, I don't think it has anything to do with how many races of humanoid creatures you have in your book, but right. I could be wrong. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you there. And I mean, and again, that's all I was, I guess, tr- trying to make a, a side comment on is that just there are times where something can exist within a genre and it will transcend its peers right so i think watchman's a good example of that for comic books or alex ross as a comic book artist um i you know and i i will i I will basically agree with you that i don't think harry potter is um it's not the highest of high art or like these like deep deep themes but i think within the genre of ya it's still doing more than anything else that ya has done um as far as cohesive storytelling with like strong themes that are present throughout the entire course of seven books um yeah i wouldn't say harry potter's bad yeah harry potter is very good for what it is yeah and then i don't know about and again like i'm kind of just curious and maybe i'd have to uh, watch some more of the booktube stuff or see more (laughs) i'm just more curious to know who some of these adults are like who because again, the Reddit post was saying like, hey, it's okay to read this stuff and to enjoy it. But like, uh, there's a lot out there that has a lot more to say. And the older you get, you should be looking into that stuff. And you shouldn't be overly proud. I think he, that's part of the the title of his thread yeah. or whatever. like, oh, like, I don't understand. Or people should be ashamed to only read YA. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I think if you are an adult, especially if you're like over 25, and the only thing you you read, the only thing on your bookshelf is young adult fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should do a little bit of self-assessment, right? Sure. Like, I, I don't think that that's a, a, such a, a bizarre thing to say. Um, but I don't know. I mean, because this goes back to kind of our wrestling conversation, because like, ultimately, I guess, ultimately, I don't care. Like, ultimately, I don't care yeah. if someone <clears throat> only reads YA. I don't care if people only read comic books. I don't care if people only play video games and don't read at all. I mean, do I think that they should, they should maybe, hey, if you're only playing video games, maybe try to read some some comic books. If you're only reading comic books, maybe try to read a little YA fiction. If you're only reading YA stuff, like, hey, maybe like bump it up to some of that, you know, middle grade literature, for lack of a better term, that's like, mm. yeah, it's just a little bit more adult oriented. And then, you know, just try to level up but at the end of the day it's trivial and it doesn't matter i mean i agree i think that i don't really care and i even don't know if i think people should be i mean on some level i agree that like maybe you should rethink it or maybe you should like think like well why do i only read books written for children but um it's more about pretending that it's more than what it is i guess it's like me I, i like I like wrestling. Wrestling is stupid. <laughs> but right. I'm not going to pretend yes. that wrestling is 
something more than it is, I guess, is what I'm going to say. Like, I'm not going to be like, I do think, again, and I think this goes back to people who probably love YA, that wrestling can be very good at times for what it is. Right. It's not telling me anything about like, you know, he says something in that post. I was trying to remember. I had to look it up. But he says like, um, he feels that art should both entertain and enlighten. And I think maybe that's a little reductive on all the things that art can do. But when it comes specifically to like what I consider to be literature or whatever you want to call it, I do feel like literature should be doing those things. Like it should be entertaining, but then also challenging to you in some way or instructive or like giving you a different perspective on the world. Like, you know, giving you, uh, making you rethink your values or making you rethink your morals or whatever um or making you you know if it's like an older book think about like a time where these people existed and they had these values and what that meant rather than what i believe a lot of these books don't challenge it's like again it's fine if you want to read about a girl having to pick between two boys that's fine (laughs) i understand if that's like a fantasy or whatever but like don't pretend it's more than what it is which is like a fantasy of having two boyfriends (laughs) yeah yeah and Um, you know and there might and going to the reddit you know post or some other stuff he brought up and this is where we can go back and maybe try to restate or talk about the odyssey a little bit which we talked about last week off off the record but there's a point where um you know there's claims like this which i tend to agree with and then you can actually look at um older stuff that is is considered high literature or it's vetted literature or whatever the gatekeepers right want to claim these things are that maybe it's 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 difficult to find the value in that stuff well right where it's like well is this anything more than what was entertainment at the time and now we only call it literature because it's old yeah and i and that actually is a good a great segue because that is exactly how i feel about that's exactly how I feel about the Odyssey. I feel it's more entertainment than art. I mean, um, I've read, I mean, not like, again, I've read a lot of the Western canon or whatever. A lot of what people want to say, like old dead white men or whatever. But I've mm-hmm. read a lot of it. A lot of the, you know, bigger names in that <clears throat> pantheon. And um most of those books do have those things I'm talking about, which is like an exploration of the human condition in yeah. some way <clears throat> where I feel like the Odyssey does not <laughs> for the most part. It mostly, I think there's like a little bit here and there. I finished it this morning, okay. but um, I think it's mostly entertainment to me. There isn't a lot of like growth on any character's part even like going into it in my head and and i would say it's actually more boring than entertaining but i thought having only read like excerpts from high school like it was going to be primarily a story about odysseus and his like wayward adventures overcome yeah overcoming challenges and like sort of the hero's journey, like changing as a person, maybe right. Learning to be like a better man or learning to be a better leader or whatever it is, which even in of itself, isn't the deepest story, but at least there would be like something. Yeah. But like to me, ha- that doesn't happen at all. 
he basically overcomes every challenge, not by his own wits, but with like the help of a god or goddess who shows up and basically gives him the answer or makes him overcome it. Um, yeah, I just found it. And like, it's, but it's, we kind of talked about it last week too, but it's like mostly boring. <laughs> it's like mostly talking. It's mostly eating, drinking wine, complimenting each other, giving each other gifts. Yeah. Complaining. Yeah. And, and after, again, cause I'd, gone over it a few different times and yeah kind of finished going back over it again myself it's like i i now i think i feel like i'm in a better position to push back even though i sort of i guess maybe i knew these things before is okay i'm seeing more of the value of the odyssey now based on the stuff that happens within the context of the great epic poem or whatever else because it's about a few different things that i think are more meaningful um Again, you, uh, you kind of bring up the point. There are a lot, of, lots of points where he is helped by the gods to kind of get out of certain situations, but there are uh, plenty of things where he does completely on his own that are very um, clever or witty. You know, witty is maybe not the right term in the sense, but like he's actually using his own guile to survive a situation, right? And I think one of the the, the best examples of that probably is the dealing with with the Cyclops. Um, where he like he has to outsmart it and, and kind of come up with this whole scheme that the gods have nothing to do with. He just has to figure it out and he has to play his cards right to escape the Cyclops's cave, right? So it's a matter of blinding him first and then kind of confusing it, telling him that what his name was, which was nobody, and he can sneak out on the bottom of all the sheep and all that kind of stuff. This wasn't some scheme that was brought to him by Athena or Hermes or anybody else. Like he came up with it on his own. Um so I think, and then there's still so many other things where, you know, he's having to persevere hardships, which to be fair, and this is all part of the, the larger theme of it, because I think it's, it's, it's a story about perseverance and humility, because he starts the story as, uh, as it's said by Athena and or Homer or whoever you want to call it as he's a man and always contending, like he is the best of us, right? And then part of it, especially in that interaction with the Cyclops, he's like, yeah, I'm better than you. Like, I'm I am Odysseus, son of Laertes, king of Ithaca. Yeah, he, like, he I blows just, it at the end. There. I just, I just, you know, I just, I'm, I'm the one who uh, outsmarted you. And then because of his hubris, sure. he was punished. Yeah, yeah. And he had to deal with like just loads and loads of shit for, uh, I think that, I don't, I'm not sure the timeline. It's kind of sketchy. In ter- I know he was gone for 20 years total, but a lot of that was the was the trojan war and then there was like seven years of that where he was actually just with calypso um so uh but i think by the by after that event and then after uh, especially after the the losing all of his men um after they uh helios's cattle or whatever else like he is completely humbled and virtually almost gives up right where he's kind of like, I don't know what to do. Like he is, he's done there. Like, and he, I think he has been humbled to the point where um, his acknowledgements of the gods or of nature, because I think that like, gods from a, a modern perspective, that's a good way to kind of view the gods, right? It's like sure. the power of nature and you don't want to pretend that you are greater than that, uh, which I think is actually like a really great sort of human story that has been um echoed throughout different literary deals we've talked about frankenstein in the past which is another thing like hey you're going against nature like you're gonna cause problems um and then like on a strange side note of it um it's a story kind of about like the importance of family i don't think that's its strongest theme but essentially that's what the 
goal of the characters are. It's it's tell. Tel- Telemachus is trying to reunite with his father so his father yeah. can return home, their family can be united, and as a family, they can stand against the obstacles and the trials of the, the world that is trying to destroy them. Um, so the ultimate solution or resolution is that the family's reunited and, and things are better there. So, um, well, I think, again, like anything on its surface, it is shallow, right? There are, there are shallow pools there. I think that there's things that do get lost as far as what is often put out um, into the the world for what we know of the Odyssey. Because I'm with you, where like lots of times it seems like it's it's the it's been projected over a hundred years, if not longer, yeah. that it is like that pure hero's journey, and it's not like mm-hmm. because Campbell's stuff is so broad like it you can fit it in you can fit the the pieces of that story into the hero's journey but it's not the that pure deal like you can take Mm -hmm. odysseus's timeline from the iliad through the end of the odyssey and run that cycle but it's not because it's not linear it makes it harder to kind of figure out um and then things do get kind of stuck on where it is just like those it's yeah those what is it eight chapters like eight chapters where he deals eight of 24 right eight of 24 books where he's dealing with like the trials of the journey it felt Um, less than that but that might be right um and and maybe it's broken down differently by translator because i know we did look at different translators yeah but i think it's a 24 chapter or 24 book deal it felt like 30 percent. he's already back home that was hard to i mean i don't i don't disagree with your points i do think there is some of that stuff you can pull out I never felt personally like I really got the sense and maybe this was just me not reading closely enough. I didn't get it. And you've read it multiple times, but I didn't get a ton of like Odysseus is going through so much. And so he's kind of become this humbler person. It kind of always felt like I'm going to go home and kill everybody who's trying to bang my wife or whatever. Well, and again, Um, his humility was just humility in the face of, again, like of the gods of the gods or nature. Right. So it's, I think he, he was being like, I am, I am like, I am the best of men, but I'm still just a man. Right. And so like his, his, his ego is not dead, but it's, it's, it has been calibrated. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, I think I just, part of it is that it's old. Yeah. And and I again, I've read a lot of books and I I feel like I have pretty good patience with things that are paced differently than I'm used to. But this one was pretty pretty difficult for me in terms of like how slow it was and how repetitious it was in parts. And it just felt like the same thing. And again, I mean we this was ostensibly like an, a tale told orally. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of this stuff probably is like almost a mnemonic device or whatever to be like, okay, this is how the feast happened. It happened exactly like the other feast. Yeah. Um, and I read somewhere that like one of the lessons of the Odyssey is like this, like um, how you're supposed to treat like guests or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe like that, because that is like, probably the most reoccurring thing that happens in this book is like Odysseus shows up somewhere and then either the people like welcome him in and give him food and wine and a bath and cover him in olive oil and give him new clothes or they're mean to him. Usually right. they do the, the former. Um, Cause that happens like a billion times. FYI, if you're going to read the Odyssey, 
there's a lot of bathing and eating and sacrificing mm. thigh meat to Zeus. Yeah, and anointing um, and oils. And anointing and getting under a sheepskin rug and going to sleep. And that part, actually, that is the part that I feel is like where I would make the case of the entertainment aspect, where it feels very, and we, I, I said this kind of in a previous conversation, but it's James Bondy, it's Fast and the Furious, it's showing to me like luxury goods but luxury goods at the time were taking a hot bath, eating the best thigh meat, having a, you know, a wool, a sheepskin robe. Like they keep mentioning how good his doors are in his house, like close fitting doors. Yeah. And so I think these are all to me, like Rolex watches, Lamborghinis or whatever. Yeah. It's like crap that I don't care. Or like really nice mug or like, um, the bowls, ba- and bowls. Stuff. yeah basins, and it's whatever, just like yeah. it's like i don't care about any of this it's very material but i think in a way it's the it's um his, uh, an ancient kind of yeah like oh look at our sick cars right our, it's it's flexing our badass the, the, mat. yeah know. it's like a lot of it's a lot of flexing in this book which to me is like the shallow aspects of it right it's like who cares i don't care about and it happens a lot I mean, that's my yeah, complaint. And that's, and I think that is a fair complaint. And I think, and this is a weird thing when you do go back to like these, you know, texts of antiquity where it's, it's pre-English and it's even pre-contemporary right. Greek, right? So it's, yeah, it's been translated and it's point where we're, we're reading it in, so it's been in English, which is at this point probably point. thrice translated because, you know, I guess they may have gone back to the ancient Greek, but they're probably like a lot of our, the modern translations that you and I are reading. Well, they had probably read an English version of it at some point before they did their translations. And then maybe they'll go back to the ancient Greek, or maybe they're looking at the Latin or whatever else it is. So um, when you go to any of those real old texts, so whether it's like the old school Bibles or any of the stuff from antiquity, ancient Greece, uh, old Latin or whatever else it is like the, the transfer of the stuff is going to get lost. And then as it relates to, and I don't really know why this was the case. Uh, I, I know I think I'd learned it at some point, or at least I should have had a better idea. And maybe it's because of the oral tradition. Why so much stuff was just done in like that that poetic style, right? Where it was told in verse. And that that that's um, that's the Iliad, that's the Odyssey, that's Beowulf. That's, I, I don't know if, if Gil, Gil, Gilgamesh may have been just more directly yeah. tr- uh, transposed at some point i don't know for sure um but it seems like well that's like from the modern perspective that seems like the weirdest way to to write it down sure like I, you can get it from like the oral stuff like oh this is why or this is how they said it so like when you're hearing it it is like oh they just kind of used a certain cadence and then they were saying these certain little phrases just kind of litter in because like oh this is my poetic little thing that i wrote or uh-huh. that i thought of like i'm going to include this here um but just the fact that that prose as we know it, as it comes to fiction, didn't exist for like hundreds of years of human writing is it's weird. It's very, very weird from a modern lens. Right. Yeah. Um, because it's like, oh, you had a lot of poetry and you had drama. Um, and the only thing that was written more straightforward were like political and and like journal texts. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, why didn't they write more stories that way? <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Yeah, maybe it is like, a, and and like your point, I think, is a good one too. Where anytime you read like a translated work, there might be some of the the beauty of the writing might be lost in translation. Yeah, it's translation. It just sounds clunkier and, in English, and then it's culture as well, which I think you were you were 
um, pointing out anyway. Because yeah. uh, that's one thing that I did catch on to. And it is sort of like a lesson of the whole story as far as like hospitality is concerned. And I haven't looked enough into like ancient Greek stuff, but the the Odyssey heavily implies like, oh, like that was just sort of standard practices for anybody in ancient Greece was like, hey, be a good host. Like that's kind of part of the culture because I, it, the reasons they give in the in the story is that like you you don't know if you might be dining with the gods so right. like, don't don't be a bad person otherwise you will yeah. be punished for it um and, I, and then i and i think that across the board that is a generally good lesson like hey like be a good host uh be polite be courteous um as far as like some weird minor morality tale that's sure. kind of woven in there but also, like, again, from a foreign lens and a, a, a lens or a distance of time, and maybe this is for better or worse, it's kind of like, well, I'm not, I wouldn't just accept some random, random, you know, yeah. like stranger wrapped in rags into my house right. and make him dinner and put him in the guest room, you know? Right. But, um, so maybe that's saying something about our culture now, if we kind of really think about it, like maybe they, they were, because we, we don't know, or at least I haven't studied enough about ancient greece or whatever to really know like what that was like we're like oh you know like we yeah, you just you take pretty much whoever in who's around right and you you are you play a good host you be a good neighbor um which you know i guess if you think about it isn't like a horrible lesson but it, to our eyes seems weird it seems like a weird yeah. thing to say or do well i mean i think um i mean you know i'm glad i read it i think from like a purely historical perspective it's very interesting and just like you know a ton of writers were inspired by the odyssey or or found a lot of meaning in it but um i just found it very i mean i i really do feel like it, it's a it's an almost 300 300 how long is this stupid thing yeah no it is it's over 300 it's a 360 page book that i feel like could be a hundred pages long <laughs> if you really cut all the i feel like maybe 150 maybe 200 i feel like again it felt padded it felt like a book where they're like okay i, I gotta tell this epic poem so i'm gonna like make it as long and drawn out as possible um it felt like a lot of filler to me again like it's an old book i mean whatever i, I yeah it's weird to be making these judgments about the odyssey because i well, sound like a total and like, that's where, where i got it. to kind of uh, especially near the end i think it yeah. gets like there it really like after he gets back to ithaca oh, it's, it's kind of like it's awful. Uh, i feel like this because he gets back to ithaca essentially what is it by book 13 or 14 something like that of 24 yeah so like that's like that's only halfway through <laughs> right and then there's still like and then so it's like it's 12 chapters of well i guess and then it's only it's like it's all resolved really just within the last four books so it's kind of like there's 12 uh, eight chapters in there or eight books that are like okay this could have been condensed like easy this could have been two two to three yeah um, yeah i mean it's it's at least in my chap in my copy page 200 he's back and then there's 160 pages more of yeah. basically nothing. He's just like hanging out in disguise, talking. It's like this weird, I don't know. Again, maybe like the drama 
is lost on me. Yeah. Because a lot of it is like him like in disguise. Then he has a long conversation with someone he used to know who doesn't recognize him. And then eventually that person is like, oh, it's Odysseus. And then then rinse and repeat. Do that Ooh. like for for seven or eight chapters where he meets a new person and then goes, oh, it's Odysseus. And then he kills everyone. And he kills a bunch of women. Um, after he forces them to do slave labor, he murders them. Again, different time, different place. But he's like, like really weird. Again, different time, different place. But like at least my copy, very sexist. Like there's a lot of the usage of bitch and slut. And they, like they keep, he keeps referring to the the like the slave women who slept with the suitors as bitches and sluts. Mm. Um, and it's just weird. Like I understand wanting to kill all those dudes because they're like being active, actively trying to destroy your house. But like the women, I feel like didn't do anything. <laughs> but again, different cultures, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. If spoiler alert, he kills like I don't know forty people at the end of the book. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He. Goes, um, goes ham and slaughters the, goes ham and just kills the suitors and everyone kind of in the court of odysseus or whatever yeah, he kills all the suitors and then he forces all the all of his maids who slept with the suitors to pick up all their corpses and then telemachus goes out on the beach and hangs them all or something classic uh, yeah just and they're like we did it guys problem solved yeah you have to solve all your problems through violence that's the um, real lesson yeah really kind of like and then at the end i don't even then there's like oh god then there's like four chapters after that where it's like he reconnects with his wife then there's like this weird the souls of the suitors go and talk to agamemnon or something do you remember this no at all okay yeah it's but and then they kill a few more people and then the, and then zeus is like okay we're done fighting you're all friends and then that's the end yeah it's like okay it's great pretty good I yeah I damn it's like one of the because I, I read Beowulf have you read Beowulf no I've never actually read the I mean I, I I'm very familiar with the story because I've I've taken like a yeah. class on on the heroic epic and our professor you know went through all of it and I've seen adaptations so but I've never read the the actual deal which I'd like to at some point but I haven't similarly actually. hard but I found it more, but it's more alien in a way. Mm -hmm. It felt more, um, it was harder to follow, but it felt very, maybe I need to reread it, but it felt very dream-like or just sort of like stuff happened and didn't really seem to connect all the way. Yeah. Where this was just like, I knew what was going on. I just felt like it was very tedious for large swaths. Yeah. I mean, the battle scenes are cool. Again, that's why I go back to the entertainment. The fight scenes are weirdly modern, almost, I would say. Yeah, well, I, and that's, um, again, when I think, when you think about this from a contemporary storytelling perspective, it's very bizarre. And I think you'd say the same thing about uh, Beowulf or, or pretty much anything you can maybe make the argument like anything pre-Shakespeare. I mean, I'd yeah. have to go back and look at kind of exactly the timeline of literature, but like, I feel like Shakespeare is one of the, the first writers that we still look at anyway, 
where like, oh, okay, this is like a narrative. This is, these mm-hmm. are the characters. This is like, this is the plot that's going to unfold over the next little bit. So you can kind of, you can follow it the whole way through. Whereas again, and this was probably at the, um, at the feet of the oral tradition where you had these collection of stories that were sort of just told around right. or about the same guy. And then at some point, I guess someone just put them down on paper as if it was like a single thing. And I'm yeah. like, if you look at the Odyssey anyway, like it would stand to reason that that was never told, right. you know, cradle to grave. That was never like, oh, let, let me start with you, start with this story of the gods talking about Odysseus and then visiting Tele- Tele- Telemachus, um, then jumping to Odysseus. It's like, no, like it was probably told like, in bits and pieces every different mm-hmm. time and then there were probably sections of it if you kind of think about it from like a musician's point of view where it's oh play Freebird or whatever right, right? Like, exactly. like do the cyclops story and maybe that's why that's one of the more fleshed out scenes because that's the one that these people repeated again and again yeah. and the other ones were kind of like oh that's was sort of a boring <laughs> one so like just get through that real quick and then do we'll the one where on. he talks to the the swine herd yeah <laughs> for 45 minutes and, and yeah and that's where like i mean i guess that's true i guess it sort of the kills my my theory here a little bit because it's kind of like why but then some of it like but i don't no, know I, th- it, I think it, your theory where, is where people right co- yeah but people come back to it and then when they're trying to like again when it was the whatever the first time it, it was like put pen to paper or you know chiseled a tablet or whatever it sure. would have been um like their understanding of storytelling would have is so different from ours now right so like it got put down in this way and then maybe whoever even discovers it maybe didn't even discover it like in the order that it was intended you know so it's Mm kind of like whether it's archaeologists or um well anthropologists or literary professors or academics who are like finding these things and piecemealing them translating them whatever else it is but they're trying to be like faithful to the old way and the old language while using obviously contemporary stuff. And then anyone who's reading it now is going to struggle with the structure. And then I, I mean, going to back to our original jumping off thing about YA and is I wonder if that's maybe why some of these folks struggle with reading what are considered classics, whether it is, uh, old Hemingway stuff or back to Twain or as far oh, back as we, we were, you know, as we talked about like Jane Austen, or if we talk about Milton or any of these, these people where it's like, <clears throat> the further we get removed from it, the harder it is for us just to even consume the language. And yeah. therefore, even though the, it's maybe loaded with great stuff, like it's such a chore that we're like, fuck it. I'm yeah. going to go read, uh, you know, um, Percy Jackson six or whatever. Well, I, I, so I think you brought up a bunch of good points, which are like, uh, I do think they're like, even though I found this book boring, or I don't know, you call it book, novel, the epic poem, whatever, boring, I'm glad I read it. And I think everyone should read, try to read things that make them, that sort of bore them. A lot of books that I've read that I've really liked had boring stretches. Like I love Moby Dick. I think it's a great book there are stretches where he's just talking about whale biology that is that's incorrect (laughs) like making a long argument that whales are actually fish and i live in the future where i know they're not fish so it's kind of (laughs) hard like those passages it's like okay whatever dude come on bro they are fish (laughs) but like there's greatness in there um 
And I think people should let should not let their boredom get in the way of reading these books. Even even though I said this is boring, you should read the Odyssey if you have the time. Um, if you're just because of its place in our history, its place in our culture, you should read it so you know what you're talking about. Um, and people should read things that bore them. And I do think there is a tendency to be like, oh, this language is too hard. Oh, I'm having a hard time focusing. I just want really simple sixth grade level writing that I can just read like I can, you know, read 100 pages in an hour. And, you know, again, I, see, I'm making a value judgment here. If that's what you want to do, I well, guess that's fine. But this but goes like, and this goes to um, maybe a discussion we had weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of thinking of it through that lens of like the one we did on uh, self-help stuff. Sure. But we're like, um, you should challenge yourself and you should yeah. attempt to make yourself better. And I know a lot of the stuff we talked about then was kind of primarily through the lens or not primarily, but a good chunk of it. We talked about like health and fitness, mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of like, yeah, like, is it more fun to just sit on your couch and do nothing? Right. Yes. It's not good for you. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. you know, so it's like, so and, and is it, is it easier to just, to just go for a walk or to just play ping pong or something like, yeah, it's a little bit more fun or it's, it's, it's easier to do something like that. Is it super challenging? No, but okay. You're, you're moving up, but it's right. like we, when it comes to fitness, like you aren't actually going to get more fit unless you challenge yourself a little bit each time. So whether that's mm -hmm. running a little harder or faster, lifting a little bit more weight, like, you know, whatever the, the situation might be adding intensity, adding time, adding uh, resistance, and I think the same is for intellectual pursuits. I, I, I sure. don't think it's, it's, if you're on that YA level, great. And that's where I went back to the, whatever original deal. We're like, yeah, like try to just work your way out of it. If you're, if your biggest consumption is the comic books or you're just reading the captions of the video game, that's a place to start, start there, but move beyond it. And it's better for you for your, for your mental health sure. or mental strength. Right. Like, yeah. and this goes back to just a greater societal issue where you want to have um, as best you can, a wealth of knowledge and ability to critically think. And the, the more you are challenged, the, the more you will be able to critically think. But if you're just kind of reading something again, not that these things can't be entertaining, not that they don't have artistic merit, but that sort of like lays out the message for you pretty clearly. So, I mean, this is maybe me backtracking, on the Harry Potter bit a little bit like that's not like it's not deep in there the themes sure. like you can suss them out they're very surface level kind of things they're they're transcendent transcendent beyond like time right like it's I mean, it's a very human message but it's like yeah it's pretty obvious it's a story about good and evil and growing up and and right. being courageous and doing the right thing all these kinds of, like okay these are good messages but they aren't buried very deep in there no yeah. whereas like we just kind of talked about with the Odyssey because the language is so difficult to find the messages you have to like all right what why was this significant and from a modern lens maybe a lot of us will say like i still really don't know and maybe that means that i need to backtrack read other stuff to kind of get me back to that point and i can re-examine it later i'm like okay i see now or i'm like you know what no maybe this this message just isn't right is lost on me or whatever else it is um but yeah we need i, I think it's you can say there's a value judgment and maybe this is 
you know, and maybe there is something there, but it's still like, hey, challenge yourself, right? Because even when it comes to exercise, there's value judgments, right? Like, oh, well, sure. swimming's better for you than running because it's better on the joints. But it's like, well, if you're doing either, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's good for your health. Uh, but they're more on that same plane, right? Where, whereas like, I think you can make a value judgment between, um, you know, people who who prefer Hemingway versus Fitzgerald, right? Because that's also a value judgment. But like, I think they're more on an equal playing field, right? As far they're on an equal tier of of quality and message sure. or whatever else. Or um, I, I, I'm not sure if that all no, these I analogies are kind of coming to play, but it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think I think people should challenge themselves, and I think this yeah. this goes beyond it too, where um, people also need to not read fiction, right? Where it's like, hey, sure, like fiction's yeah. great, and I think fiction has like a ton of value because right? that's what I mean. I love fiction. I think fiction is great, but right. um, there's also a lot of merit to nonfiction that exists out there, and that's also, you know, the the canon of nonfiction in of human existence is also expansive. It goes back right. thousands of years. So, you know, look at that stuff too. Whereas yeah. I think a lot of people get stuck in that they only read or they only consume. And this goes, I think, back to our very, very first podcast or whatever, when we're kind of talking about the, the information that people consume, people tend to consume like this weird little corner of the world and they, they find their corner early and they just stay in it. Yeah. Um, and that's, I guess, what this you know, particular discussion maybe is we're ending up at is like, Hey, like get to the edges of that, that box and like, right. just at least slowly creep out or try to push those walls out further and further, find out what else is out there. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're one of the analogies. I mean, yeah. Cause I all, I have this weird, like, I don't know, maybe some part of me is trying to be a less judgmental person. I'm a very judgmental person, but like trying not to be, where it's like, okay, I don't want to judge people for the stuff that they do. If you want to do, again, you know, the wrestling example or whatever, like if you want to watch something stupid, if you want to engage with something lowbrow, I don't want to like throw stones. But at the same time, I think my ultimate, maybe, um, I just don't want people like, like your exercise analogy, don't pretend that eating potato chips is the same as going for a walk. You know, there is like this weird, like, not only am I choosing to do this thing, it's just as good. It's right. just as, yeah, yes, or, it's just or, as useful or, yeah, for me. Maybe a better analogy. And there's like, don't pretend like, you know, sitting on like one of those yeah. sitting stationary bikes is the same as running a 5k. Sure. Right. Like It's like, ah, you aren't taxing yourself in the same way. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're sitting down still like, yes, you're moving. It's good. It's better than nothing. Right. But it's it's not the same thing or it's not the same thing as doing like a full resistance training session, whether that's, right. you know, doing the compound movements or whatever else it is with with like right. heavy weights and resistance stuff, um, you know, or like also like say if you're like trying to eat healthy or, or eat, you know, eating like eating. We need to eat to, to be healthy or to, to live. But yeah, don't say eating potato chips is the same as eating a well-balanced meal. It's like, yes, they're right. both eating and you are getting like caloric energy right but they, they they aren't the same thing yeah food to food would have been a better analogy yeah yes, like but I, pretend, I got what you're saying potato yeah. chips or broccoli don't right don't pretend that and again like i love potato chips i yeah. eat potato chips but like i'm not i don't sit here and i'm not like these are good for me. like not only am i eating potato <laughs> right. chips but they're good for me right and i think there is a weird 
subsection of this culture, maybe I'm just reading into it, that does do that, that does yeah. engage in this. Not only am I doing this thing that's considered less virtuous or less whatever meaningful, but it's actually good for me. And you telling me that it's not good for me is an error on your part. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't know. <clears throat> I just think that's bad. It's yeah. a bad impulse. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that does, that does actually go beyond our, our literary interests, but yeah, absolutely. Sure. It is, <laughs> it's, it's out there. So. Yeah. Um, I honestly give it a read. It wasn't, I, I mean, I, I'm curious. I am really actually genuinely always curious when I read something or watch something that I like totally don't get, mm -hmm. but like, a lot of people really love and get stuff out of because i'm like what am i i really want to know like what i'm missing yeah or if there's like some way i could see it differently and all of a sudden go oh okay i get it now yeah which is i think that might be possible if someone could explain to me like what they got out of the odyssey but yeah. sometimes i wonder i do have a, a smaller sneaking suspicion that on some level the odyssey does get a little bit of old equals good yeah, I think that there is there is a lot of it as because it has just um, has continued to exist throughout you know throughout the evolution of the Western canon that it should be it's become it's just like this cornerstone piece. Uh, and again, like I think I I try to anyway explain some of the merits that it does yeah. have, but I I would say um, if again you look at this through a modern lens or probably even something as um, as long ago as Shakespearean times, was, were Shakespeare and Milton contemporaries? I want to say yes, but I could absolutely be wrong. Um, but if you take like some of these things, like if you were to take a, a more a more contemporary like editorial lens from it, like that thing would have been cut to ribbons, right? Like it's like like you would take the Odyssey and like, hey, like we're gonna we don't need this and we don't need this and actually you could probably use a little more of this, like expand uh -huh. there, you know, like to have it be a a more because I think one thing that's sort of like it's. I think they were a generation apart. Anyway, keep going. Okay. Um, is that, that it's mentioned in there that that's actually been repeated in, in different literary cycles or circles. And maybe this was more expanded in one of the, ver the version you read, but like the whole Lotus Eaters section. In, yeah. In my edition, the Fitzgerald, it's, it's sort of like, oh, they went to this island where they ate some lotuses. And then Odysseus was like, hey, this probably isn't good. Let's get out of here. Like it happened like really quick. Yeah, and uh, it seems like oh, that's probably one that w w could have and should have been more explored. The idea of like contentment and stuff like that, and like what uh -huh. it means to be content versus proactive, or kind of like what the the value of those things are. And then some of that I think probably ends up being more better explored using the same concept in like Pinocchio, right? Yeah. Where like they're in the was it the amusement park or whatever else it is there later in in the the stories, but it's like. Um, you know, so you got stuff like that where like, oh, like there was little episodes that are just like flashes that probably could have used a lot, you know, some uh, elaboration, right? Like, oh, like, yeah, they could have used more. And then there's like what you, you pointed out, there's a lot of it's like that could have been a lot less. Like we didn't yeah. need a lot of that. And it didn't it didn't progress the story. It didn't tell us anything mm -hmm. um, like uh, you get again, there is a lot of the repetition. We don't learn that much about uh, the characters, at least nothing new. And yeah. it's kind of like, ah, this was just, um, it's just, yeah, there are a lot of repetitive things. And, it, and again, I, I would say that that's, 
there might be i'd have to explore more of the older texts to kind of sure. see how things are framed that way and i um, think there's probably reasons for the repetition <clears throat> again well, like again if it's like an oral story like i understand <clears throat> repeating yourself yeah <clears throat> because if you're not hearing it sequentially or you're hearing it broken up by days or nights or whatever you're probably going to want like okay what was the feast like or whatever right well, I, I think <laughs> but, there's that and i think again going back to like the evolution of liter literature like when this was first put pen to paper or, or you know whatever the the medium would have been um like poetic verse was how you did it right. so a lot of it's written in verse which also has has always kind of had rules so that and, and repetition is part of that, right? So maybe that's like, oh, here's just the 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 repeated phrase because that's how we do these things, and it, and it seemingly is to sort of break down episodes or scenes within episodes because it's like dawn with her fingertips of rose. It's like okay, well the day in, is ending or the day's starting, right? right? That's why that's right. being brought up. Like hey, hey everyone, by the way, it's a new day because I'd said right. dawn with the fingertips of rose. Okay, right. let's, let's go on. Um, so that's probably, uh, you know, a lot of it. And again, there's just like the stylistic things. And like you'd said, like, I guess like I had read passages of Beowulf. I've just never read it, it, you know, cover to cover or whatever you'd like to call it. Where it is like, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's original kind of English or, or language anyway, would have been old English as we identify it today, which actually is almost a foreign language. It's very, yeah. you know, bizarre. And then I think it's been translated into Middle English and then what we consider contemporary English so, but like, be, but because it was never a complete translation, I think like maybe too many things stuck. Yeah. You know, so when you're looking at it, you're like, oh, that's why is this happening the way it's, uh, okay. All yeah. right. Okay. He's fighting a dragon. <laughs> let's okay. move on. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's move on. That's what a lot of yeah. <laughs> um would be. So I think, you know, there's stuff there. And I'm, you know, maybe this would be a good question to pose to someone who is a, uh, a translator or an editor of contemporary works in in different languages like i would be curious to kind of see what those like how people who understand both like say i'm i i, I can't think of a of a more modern work i know they exist but like where something was maybe really popular um written in in spanish or mm -hmm. or or like chinese or japanese or something and then like oh it's also got it's been given life in English, or I guess one that's more contemporary is something like Kafka, right? Where, um, and I guess mm -hmm. even the the Dostoevsky stuff that was all written not in English, in but it's yeah. Um, so, but it's 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 translated seemingly pretty well to the point where it exists. But maybe it's because those guys, and maybe in some capacity, were able to see or help with the translation. Like, oh no, this yeah. is what I meant. You know, they could actually tell someone that versus any of those things it's like by the time they were being translated it had been maybe a thousand years and this since probably, it was originally structured yeah i mean this is probably a whole nother even discussion but i do think there is some uh, well a lot of merit to like how something is translated and how it conveys its message or whatever i mean ob obviously that seems like an obvious point but i even even have heard that like the translation you read is more widely regarded than the one I've. <laughs> well, and I I, find, I I actually looked that up after we talked last week, and I guess yeah. there's actually a lot of debate out there. So like there okay. is Fitzgerald, and you have Fagels, right? That's who you. No, I have Lattimore. Lattimore. Okay, so that's the other one. So like, but yeah. it's like those three names kind of get brought up in like, oh, when someone asks, apparently like, oh, those are the three names that get brought up, and no one's got 
there's mm-hmm. no consensus on it. It's, it is, again, this goes to your value judgment. Like, well, this one sure. I think is best because of A, B, and C. Right. Um, so, but the, even the fact that that happens just stands to, to, to the point, right? Like, oh, like right. we have these three translations that are actually contemporaries of each other, more or less. Yeah. And there's still contention over which is the best. And then like, right. what, what are, what is one book getting right versus one book getting wrong or which one's right. flow is better or versus worse or. And you'd almost have to be, you'd have to read Greek to even make that. <laughs> I mean, I guess we can make a subjective judgment over the English that we prefer, I guess. But in terms of right. like, which one captures the essence better, you'd have to like, yeah. I guess, read Greek. Which That's one thing I was going to, you know, this is a, on a personal note, I guess. One thing I want to do, because I, I think I told you that I'm trying to learn or oh, learn German. more German or whatever. Yeah. It, and it's and it, a book that I've wanted to read or have always seemed interesting to me is Metamorphosis by Kafka. And I was like, oh, I'll get the German version. I'll, I'll read it in its original German and then like kind of translate it for myself to try to like simultaneously like yeah. get a better grasp of the language while reading the original text. Um, but again, that's a whole different big, you know, mountain to climb. <laughs> yeah, we should. If you do read it, I'd love to. I, I'm, I like Kafka a lot. I mean, I haven't read it in German or anything, but <clears throat> I've read a book of his short stories, which included the metamorphosis. And then I've read a couple of his his novels, but I yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, it's very like uh, to me, it's mostly about having anxiety. Mm-hmm. I guess it can be very funny, but it also can be very like um, I don't know what the word would be, stress inducing, or you know, it, sometimes it can feel like a stress dream. I guess, yeah. which I guess is what he's going for, which I think he does really well. I enjoy it. Um, so I would, I would definitely reread Metamorphosis because I also think it's a, like a novella or whatever. It's not yeah. too long. Yeah. Like so anyway, but so like, uh, and this, uh, we had also talked about on a different thread or we've at least mentioned, you know, linguistics and, and how those are important too. So like how like just language can also change significantly in the span as we've seen it, you and yeah. I, in the span of our lifetime, we've seen language shift. Like, and we've sure. seen like forced versions of it. We've seen natural versions of it. So it's like, it stands to reason that, you know, language from thousands, thousands of yeah. years ago is, has shifted to the point where um, the meaning of things is sure. 100% going to get lost even within the language beyond translation, right? So even someone maybe looking to the Greek, like they look at it through a contemporary lens of how they understand linguistics. And it's like, well, things work different however long ago anyway that's you know we're, we're kind of getting into different little uh tip, dipping our toes into different pools that we definitely aren't jumping into now um but uh yeah i don't know i don't do you have anything else that you wanted to add? I, I think this was actually a pretty neat kind of connection of um yeah no i thought ya was... into the odyssey kind of back and talking about just uh, i guess to kind of maybe put a bow on it so to speak um yes like art is subjective and, sure. and I, uh, some, I, I, I would say that some art is more subjective than other art uh, in the sense, I think literature is something that does have more rules or more, it's a little bit more confined to the point where um, you can, you can do those value judgments with greater precision than you can with a painting or a sculpture um, kind of depending on things. Uh, but then at the end of the day, still, uh, as we talked about, with the going back to the YA thing, it's like there is more to the world of literature 
than than YA and you should challenge yeah. yourself just like you know with your body and your health like you should try to challenge yourself to eat better you should challenge yourself to move more um you know uh, have more academic or, or mental practices too because I think like one thing that I've also been doing again freaking side note is I've been playing a lot more chess uh, like little online chess and it's like it's infuriating because like how there's certain times I play and I get just beat Demolished, like, yeah just like how i'm like wow <laughs> and then like and then like i try to do the same thing and i can't do it you know yeah. and it's like this weird but then there's those other games where i can i can like okay i can at least game this enough where all right i can work out a draw here you know and, yeah um but i feel like okay that's a, a that's a puzzle thing that i'm sure. like i'm challenging my mind there and um i don't know that's i guess that's just the message to, to leave you with is that yeah. if you're if you know wherever you're at with whatever you're reading your, 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 your physicality, your, your, your critical thinking, your problem solving skills, maybe identify where you are and then try to level up. Sure. And that's going to be good for you. And then also to, I think the original point of the article that or the Reddit post is, um, you know, s- some art is better than other art. Just, just yeah. admit it. I just hate, I hate, I hate, I hate to, I mean, that is like a weird point to make, but I also, I think that is true. I mean, yeah. I guess like ultimately, like you said, art is subjective, so it's an impossible thing to prove. So maybe I'm wrong in saying it is true, but it seems to me that, you know, I'm not going to compare Detective Pikachu to like, uh, you know, The Godfather or uh, Citizen Kane or something. Right. They seem like different things, but I guess right. if you want to make the argument that they are actually absolutely the same, feel free. Yeah. <laughs> And I would also say, before we all wrap it up, I think Mike's suggestion about nonfiction is actually a good place to start for people. If you don't, you don't have to read the classic classics or whatever. There's contemporary fiction as well that has more modern English that would, you know, have probably like weightier themes. So anyway, there's a lot of stuff out there. Check it out. All right. So like, right. share, subscribe, whatever it is the kids do these days. And we were, we'll catch you guys on the flippity flop. Sayonara.